0: My name is Terry and welcome to another episode of the Animation Industry Podcast. Today I'm chatting with an animator from Mexico named Alan Castaños who's been making a living doing freelance projects there for bands and brands out of the states. So we're going to chat about what opportunities Mexican animators have to get into the industry and what the animation industry is like in Mexico. Plus we're going to talk about how to specifically make it as a freelancer, where to find gigs and how many gigs a year you need to realistically survive off of that freelance. But first I have a sponsored message to share with you and it comes. From my friends over at Bloop Animation, which is an animation learning platform packed with premium online video courses for aspiring animation filmmakers. So they have courses for all major animation programs like Maya, Animate CC, Tune Boom, Blender, TV Paint, and many others as well as some non-software courses like a storyboarding course, Animation Foundations course, and even one about making graphic novels, which covers absolutely everything you need to know from start to finish. Their courses are all in video form, so there are no deadlines or application process. You simply just pick a course and start learning in seconds. And they even offer a free ebook titled Making an Animated Short, which covers their entire process, step by step, of how they made one of their films from coming up with the idea to storyboarding animation and all the way to exporting the film and you can get that book for free at slash animation industry and you can check out their complete course library at bloopanimation.com courses and both those links are in the description of this podcast so please check those out now let's jump right into the chat so hi alan thanks for coming on the podcast how are you doing today
1: well you know live in life as you can probably tell i mean you're alive so uh <laughs> yeah i guess so. <laughs>
0: um i think it's i think it's super great i've never talked to somebody in south in that does uh animation in south america before so i'm really curious and excited to learn about kind of what the industry is all about there um but first i kind of always start the podcast off by asking more about your personal journey what what inspired you to take on the career of an animator.
1: This is gonna sound a little bit too specific, but okay, I used to draw all the time, as I think 90% of the kids do. But there was like a dry period where I didn't do it. Like, it just, I just grew out of it, I suppose. And then all of a sudden, we were spending a weekend at one of my aunt's place, and I saw this new Cartoon Network show called Total Drama Island. Not sure if you're familiar with it. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's probably the second most popular Canadian cartoon slash show ever to be aired in the world. Not sure.
0: Is, the- wait, wait, wait. What's the first most popular one from Canada?
1: Totally, totally Spice, maybe? Oh. oh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That that show has a fan base that is very intense, per se, the least. But anyways... I saw the cartoon and I was like, I really dig these character designs. They're, like, very geometric, but you can tell that they're human. Like, there was a beautiful simplicity to them. And, sorry, slowly but surely, I got back into drawing. I, you know, I grabbed my notebook that was supposed to be for math homework and I started doodling on it. The characters look awful, (laughs) Because I think I was still 15, maybe 16 at a time. And I was not taking any professional drawing classes or anything. But, you know, I kept going and going and going. Uh, that opened up to me watching cartoons again. And, you know, you, you you we can take it from there. But bottom line is total drama, like, reignited that desire I had. In drawing and consequently animation.
0: I, I'm just curious. Did you watch Total Drama and other cartoons in English, or were they were they dubbed or translated into to Spanish?
1: Both. Both. Okay. So back back then, in the long distant past of 2008, <laughs> uh, cartoons took a long ass time to get here to Mexico. You know, to get dubbed and translated and whatnot. So. I would either catch them on TV or, more regularly, I would search the episodes on the internet and watch them there. Now, as you can tell, luckily I already speak very good English and I can understand it, so it wasn't an issue for me. And I want to say, what's the second? What's the next cartoon from Total Drama that I started watching? But I cannot remember specifically. All I know that thanks to that, you know, I started watching all the populars like. I started... Actually, I started re-watching the old 90s cartoons I grew up with. Kirch the Curly Dog, Dexter's Lab, Johnny Bravo, Powerpuff Girls, etc. Teen Titans Go... No, Teen Titans! Teen Titans! Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's like sacrilege to say you prefer Go over the original. But anyways. <laughs> um, and, you know... Oh, yeah, Adventure Time and Regular Show were on at the same time. So those came later. Then... Gravity Falls and Steven Universe were the next two. And, you know, we can go on and on and on the timeline. But bottom line yeah. is that's how it started.
0: Oh, so I'm, I'm also curious about, um, did you have uh, Mexican-made cartoons to watch as well? Because it sounds like you, like, those are a lot of cartoons in the States, which we also grew up watching here in Canada. Um, but do you, do you have a, you know, sp-
1: um, Web cartoons, if that counts, because, okay, there's a very big phenomenon, cultural phenomenon here in Mexico that's called El Chavo del Ocho. Not sure if it has reached Canada in some ways, but it's like a Mexican comedy show from the 60s, maybe 50s. I really don't know, but bottom line is it's part of our culture and, an, and identity. And there was an animated series based on it. That and another show by the same guy called El Chapolin Colorado. Maybe some people will know what I'm talking about. But at the time, while I was developing my, well, rekindling my love for animation, those were the only two Mexican cartoons. And there's an argument, no, 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 we have more now. But yeah, so those weren't really inspiring. You can tell they were uh, factory made. Not only that, episodes were already sort of based no, how can I say this? It was a it was a cut and paste, but instead of live action, it was animation. So the writing was already done for them, pretty much. Uh, okay,
0: interesting, interesting. So uh, for me, growing up, like I knew that cartoons like kind of came out of the states, and I had no idea where to start. So that kind of prolonged me to going into the industry myself, and that's kind of why I'm doing this kind of a little bit later in my life. But for you to to grow up in Mexico and not really see any, I guess, Mexican animators or too much Mexican content, was that discouraging or inspira- inspiring to you? Like what pushed you to pursue animation anyways, when you didn't see that many influences around you?
1: Well, you know, you don't really you know, I don't really get influenced by what's around me. I get influenced by what I see, for instance also back when i started re-watching okay watching total drama there was webtoons started to you know be a little bit more popular with youtube and newgrounds and i started looking at all these internet animators like oni ng eds world psychic pebbles etc and i was like holy holy shit! this is very interesting i want to do stuff like that as well uh i never broke through myself you know, I became a fan of all of that, so I was like, you know, in, a, in the future, I want to do this. This so, is what I'd like to do.
0: So it's so you did go to you did go to college for animation. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Like, how did you how did you apply? Did you have to put a, put together
1: a portfolio? No. Okay. Since back in 2012, that's when I started. It was a brand new career path here in Mexico. Like, I am literally the first generation of animators that graduated from my college wow exactly yeah so wait can you still hear me yeah i can still hear you okay so i was a first generation along with all my other friends some of them who i'm still in contact with these days to this day and um shit (laughs) sorry i deviated to i deviated too far that's fine
0: Uh, i'm i'm just curious about uh what uh i guess what kind of animation programs are offered in Mexico or what the industry is like there.
1: Right, you were, oh, you asked how I got into college. So no, since it was a new career, it wasn't like CalArts where you have to show the portfolio and whatnot. It was more like, oh, let's see your high school grades and see if we can give you a scholarship. I showed them, they gave me a decent one and I started a career. It was hard at first, you know, because since we're the first generation, people don't really know what to do with us. And I've heard it's gotten a lot better, but it went through its ups and downs. We had more than just a couple of very good teachers that were very involved. And to their credit, you know, it wasn't just learn how to draw. It was also, they also gave us script writing lessons, uh, film language, how to direct properly you know how to properly direct actors etc stuff like that there were a couple of you know classes that were oh this is government mandatory or whatever but overall it was really good they as when it came to software when it was 2D we had both toon boom and adobe and
0: mm-hmm. when it was
1: 3D we only used maya Oh no, we use Maya and Cinema 4D, hmm. which the latter was my preference because the interface is so much more friendly. How
0: many How many years is the program that you uh, that you did? Four, Gosh. four, years. and and how many how many students were there in your program? I'm just curious.
1: Oh yeah, we started we started with around 15, maybe 18, and then we depleted to nine.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh you said you went through kind of the first animation program that you've seen in Mexico?
1: What? Oh yeah, no not in Mexico in general in the college I went to.
0: Oh in the college that you went to. Okay. Okay.
1: Wow. Well, nine nine
0: that's <laughs> that's pretty tight. So, uh when when you you so for instance you gra- you freelanced after you graduated.
1: I'm also immediately. curious. About,
0: yeah, immediately. Yeah, immediately. I want to talk about that, but I also Want to know a little bit more about um, what are the career paths that some of your classmates have taken?
1: One of my f- one of my friends has gone directly to a local studio there in there in Puebla, which is where my college was. Uh, she and I ca- constantly collaborate together because they need people that speak very good English to record. Okay, you know those English based those English. Bo- Damn it. Those books that teach you English, that have a CD, I'm pretty much the voice of those CDs at the moment there. <laughs> no way. Yeah, exactly. And it pays. It pays. Um, I want be- specifically animated animation, not- right? No, it's... Okay, that, that's where I'm going. It's a multimedia studio, and every once in a while they get that job. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, one... One time they needed extra animators because they had a big list of educational videos they had to prepare. And I was like, and they were like, oh, can you come in two weeks to the office to work and we'll pay you this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, sure, why not? Um, another one of my friends I know works at the college, at the old college, but I knew this six months ago, so I don't know how yeah. far is that. I mean, I don't know if that's still true. A friend of mine went to Vancouver to study more 3D animation. Some dude started his own studio already.
0: So and are there, um, I guess in Canada here in Toronto specifically, we have a number of studios set up that, that um, uh, do a lot of work for studios in the States like Nickelodeon, Disney, uh, Cartoon Network, etc., where they outsource a lot of the animation and stuff like that. Do you also have that in Mexico?
1: There's a, uh, from what I understand, there's a couple, like, okay, the studio that I told you that did the Chavo del Ocho cartoons, Mm -hmm. they once were outsourced by, I think, Hasbro or The Hub, I don't remember, for a cartoon called Fairy Tale Rejects or something along those lines. And, you know, they were the one, they didn't create the show, but they animated it. Right now, there is a Cartoon Network show called Villainous that was created by a Mexican, and it's animated here. I think that's the first cartoon that was 100% created by a Mexican and being animated in Mexico, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he beat me to the punch, the bastard. (laughs) And he's also named Alan. God damn it. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Faith is a cruel bitch. But anyways, um, yeah, we, we get a little bit from that. Like like I've told you before, before the podcast was recorded, as a freelancer, they constantly outsource, you know, mm-hmm. job from the United States or Australia or England to me because it's like, oh, you know, for $200 for us may not be a lot, but for a Mexican, that's like a week or a, or two weeks of living or whatever.
0: Gotcha, wow. So, if, so I'm, I'm just kind of uh, summarizing. If you want to get into animation in Mexico, there's quite a few options. You can do freelance like yourself, which we'll talk about. There's some studios that do commercial work and like multimedia projects. Um, and then there's also some studios that do outsource work for clients like in the States and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it sounds like it's pretty, it's, it's like
1: established and thriving. It's, it's, how can I say this, we're in the first steps there's also yeah. there's also studios that are creating their own original work, and you would find all of these businesses every year at animation conventions here in Mexico. There's one called Ixel Atl, okay. uh, pixel and then A T L. Just okay. in, just in case you are there, just in case you're curious, that's how it's written. Uh, suppose, yeah. Yeah, I met a lot of animators there. We're still friends. We still have like a WhatsApp group and all of that stuff. And there is... There's two guys, two brothers that I met four years ago at another convention that was a little before Pixelatl. And ever since then, you know, they've grown their web show. They're producing comics. They're doing more animation for different clients, etc. So... It is possible, but as a freelancer that's been doing it on his own for four years, my biggest recommendation for anyone in Mexico would be get foreign clients because they will always be able to pay you more.
0: So, so let's talk about that. So you went to school and then immediately you graduated and started freelancing for uh, clients in the States and whatnot. How did, you, how did you get your first gig coming right out of school?
1: Pure fucking luck. There's no, <laughs> there's no other way of saying it. It was pure fucking luck. Um, everyone was already like planning their own stuff, and I was like, "No, ah, well, you know, while I look for a studio job, I'll do some freelancing." And I got on Workana, Workana.com, which is for Latin America. I got on Freelancer.com, Upwork.com, and you know. Work Cana. I was able to get more than a couple of jobs from various Latin clients there was there was this one very weird dude I still remember him okay so right. wait I remember now you asked me before this if I ever did any not safe for work art that involved furries and I completely <laughs> I completely blacked this out. I forgot about this. There was this guy that was like, oh, I need 20 characters created and, you know, with 10 different backgrounds and animated and whatnot. And I was like, all right, sure, whatever. I mean, I'm still studying. I don't have to pay rent. I can do this as a nice little side job. And and he picks me. And all of a sudden, I'm like, all right. So he sends me a list, like a very detailed list of this character is 16 years old. She is a wolf. She is... Very promiscuous or whatnot, et cetera. Yeah, oh. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, okay, so far so tame. And I w- and my critical mistake was, do you have any references? Do you have any images that I can that you can send me so that I can based on them? Motherfucker, he literally starts sending me furry porn as image references, and I will. And the worst thing about that. Is that I was on school, I was on school computers when he sent them, and he didn't even warn me. And I was like, I immediately clicked it. I was like, dude, what the f- Jesus Christ! <laughs> it so was you double, and uh... <laughs> it was an experience. And I was like, okay, that whole nightmare is over. Let's get to work. I did one character for this guy. And he was like, nah, I don't like it. And he was like, look, I sent this to a friend of mine that draws the same stuff and he says this and that. And as soon as he sent me that, it's like, why didn't you ask your friend? Why are you subjecting me to this? And so we ended that contract and I kept, you know, applying to different jobs, I got a couple. But the interesting thing, you know how in websites, when you, and job related websites, you say, oh, I do 2D animation, character, blah blah blah, and then the algorithm sends you job proposal, job, yeah. those things that match that. Every one day, I saw the exact same title from the ex- from almost the exact same guy asking for 20 characters, 10 backgrounds, and to be animated. Oh my he- god! So that leads me to two theories. One, he hired like 15 people, and none of them were able to to satisfy his desire or he kept getting banned for spamming either way it was a nice recurring joke for me every time i logged into that website
0: oh my goodness okay so uh you you made a profile on a bunch of different um yeah like freelancer websites which i actually never really thought of before we we chatted about that earlier um because like there are websites like Fiverr and Upwork, where you can hire people like animators, which I think, yeah, if you're looking for immediate work and you don't have much, uh, many contacts or whatnot, that sounds like a great idea. So have you, so you've been freelancing for four years. Has that been your main strategy this whole time?
1: I tried Fiverr, now that you mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, First off, to answer the question, yes, that was my strategy. I went on as many as I could. I kept a couple of connections from each one, except freelancer.com, because I I told you before, the interface is way too complicated for my taste. But anyways, you know, I still have a couple of clients that I met throughout work. They're keeping me afloat at the moment. And uh, yeah, so that was my strategy. This year, I want to expand. I want to start posting personal drawings again, you know, on Instagram and other social medias to. Because I used to do commissions, but you know, I kinda stopped that as soon as I got into college because I had no time.
0: Yeah.
1: And I kinda wanna get back to that. But you mentioned fiber. there has to be a warning here. Fiverr is for casual, you know, quick works. If you wanna survive with Fiverr, you're not gonna make it. It's like Wanting to go on Tinder looking for a serious relationship—it's not going to happen because. So, so it's like quick transactional
0: stuff with no long-term. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: I mean, first, it makes sense. Yeah, the so, first client I had. Sorry, sorry. I, I'll quickly say this: the first yeah. client I had with through Upwork, we were doing a commercial for a company. We never signed an NDA, but I don't want to say its name anyway. You know, just in case. Yeah. Uh, um, I did a video for him that was about cybersecurity and it involved Donald Trump. And he told me, oh yeah, I found this guy on Fiverr and he recorded the lines for Trump in like five minutes. And that's the kind of work you'll always find on Fiverr. It's going to be like casual little quick cash grabs to say Mm -hmm. the least because I can't think of another term. It's like, oh yeah. So if you want to survive with Fiverr, you can't. If you want to make extra money with fiber, that's even better. Okay, I see. Okay,
0: so you mentioned before that freelancing was your thing to tide you over before you got a studio job, but uh, it's been four years. Are you still looking for a studio job?
1: Sort of, yeah. Uh, I keep applying to studios in Canada because that's where I want to end up. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Why, can, well, you know, why not?
0: Why Canada specifically?
1: Well, right now the U.S. is a little bit hectic, but. Nah, that's not true. Uh, I don't know. I went there as an exchange student, Vancouver specifically, and I fell in love with the the country. It's so big. The weather is actually a lot nicer than it is around here. Well,
0: you went to Vancouver, so their weather is much more milder than the rest of the country. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, it's always nice there. And like, a little warmer. Sure, they have some rain, but like here in Toronto, we have snow right now. If you go into the into the, uh, the like in the middle of Canada, it's insane with the coldness and snow and everything. So
1: fair enough. But you know, there's there's this particular studio that I really like called DHX Media. Mm. I keep applying to it. I never receive even a. I don't even receive a. Oh, thank you for applying, but I don't even get that notice. I like them because they're the ones that animated the new version of My Little Pony since 2012 to right now. And it's beautifully animated. It's so colorful, et cetera. And I was like, yeah, I, I kind of want to work there. And so far, no luck.
0: So you, you want to do like 2D tweening, uh, stuff like that, right?
1: Tweening is, you know, I like how it looks. But every once in a while, I would like to go hand drawn.
0: Yeah, but but like 3D is not so your thing, I guess.
1: I tried it, you know. Like I said back in college, we had we used Maya and Cinema 4D. I can do 3D objects being animated, but when it comes to characters, it's it's a freaking has- hassle. I mean, <laughs> have you have you tried 3D?
0: Yeah, it's I I enjoy it, but it's not. Like, my thing is stop motion. Exactly, that, okay. That, uh, so, yeah.
1: have you tried rigging a 3D character, like making the skeleton and all of that? I've, I've
0: uh, attempted a couple times, but I uh, need a full tutorial because I
1: didn't know what it. It is a bitch to master. <laughs> like, I could do modeling. I could even do a little bit of animating because I always say, as long as you know the 12 principles of animation, it doesn't matter what you do you can make a pretty beautiful animation. But rigging is a piece of work. Like, you would think, oh, I just put this here and this there and this that, and look, the arm is moving. But no, then you have to put a special kind of circle on the wrist and on the and on the shoulder so that when it goes up it bends and then you have to write a code so that it this and that and it's ugh. And, yes. face, and face
0: rigging is even worse. Oh my gosh. Well, okay, so 3, 3D isn't your thing. So, it's, But I still, I still right. want to talk a little bit more about the freelancing because before you mentioned, so you're in Mexico where the exchange rate is quite preferable if you get clients from the US, for instance. So are yeah, you, exactly. So when you're freelancing, uh, you're specifically looking for clients that are not from Mexico. So you want to create content for people that are from the UK or Canada or US what not how many how many projects are you taking on a year to support yourself in that case
1: that's an interesting question because you know it varies from year to year like right now i have okay it depends what you qualify as project for instance right now i'm working with a guy from panama and we're doing our own animated music band like gorillas it's called it's called Bandidos. I don't know if you can link it on the episode or whatever, but uh, yeah, I'll
0: do, I'll do that. You sent me a yeah. uh, link earlier, so
1: yeah. So I work monthly with this with this guy and his and his crew. I do a couple of Instagram feeds every once in a while. I do a music video. Right now, I'm doing some puppets and character animators so that they can interact with their fans in real time. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, have you tried Character Animator? Do you know I, I
0: haven't, but I've seen some of the stuff that's come out of it. It's really impressive.
1: <laughs> it, it's gotten a lot better. Like I don't know if you ever saw that Simpsons Live thing they attempted a couple of years ago, but Omer looks so wooden and plastic. And it's 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 gone a long way. There's still it will never look like you know handcrafted animation, but it looks a lot better. Right. So you know you can say that's one project. Then you know every once in a while there's like. Every every once in a while I get like another music video. I don't know how I fell into this because I thought at first I was going to be like, oh, you know, I'll do a couple of explainer videos to pay the bills while I find a studio job, blah, blah, blah. But one way or another, I found myself with music videos. The first one was for a Brooklyn band, for a Brooklyn-based band. Uh, The song was called Gotta Get to Brooklyn. They, They said they wanted it to look like... Fat Albert and the Cosby kids, so uh, so that means, okay, limited animation, perfect for me. And, and uh, when it came to backgrounds, it was either very psychedelic, completely dark, or they just wanted me to grab the album art and animated it. So that was a breeze to do. It only took one month. Then the next one was for a personal friend of mine. Well, he became a personal friend of mine, called mainsail that was the name of the song that one was more around fairly odd parents style you know very simplistic and geometric that one took a lot a longer time because there was this fight scene and i don't know if you've ever tried to animate action scenes or no. a lot of movement at the same time yeah i won't say that mine is top art but even when the designs are very simple it's very hard and I attempted this one trick I saw from a YouTube animator called Harry Partridge, where he grabs every individual line of the character and he tweens it. Yeah, he shape tweens it. Oh. Exactly. And it worked out really well. Like I recently posted the my demo reel on the Reddit that we met, Animation Career. Yeah. Yeah, I posted it and they said oh that fight scene is great you should put it first and whatnot and they also said I should short it to one minute but anyways that was the next one and then came a rapper that wanted a music video and then I landed with this guy that I'm working with right now who I've done I think four maybe five music videos for him in the span of seven or eight months
0: oh wow and you're finding these all on
1: Upwork or freelancer or whatnot Freelancer, I don't touch with a seven-foot pole. Right. <laughs> so I. <I've laughs> it's nothing against the website. It's just the interface is so weird, and it's a lot more competitive, and you have to pay in order to be noticed. And it's like that—that that pisses me off. I'll go to a easier website to manage.
0: Gotcha. So, so, so you're finding these off Upwork, like you haven't, I guess, um, created a list of contacts that are that are like paying off and introducing you to more people and whatnot. Right. These these projects seem a little bit like, even though they're
1: all music videos, they're kind of they
0: seem disconnected and like random from each other.
1: Exactly. Like I like, like I was saying at the beginning of this ramble, I do not know how I fell into music videos because when I was. <laughs> No, seriously, because when I was in in college, I was like, I'm going to start developing my own series. I'm going to work for a TV show or whatever, you know, an animated one. Um, and all of a sudden, boom, this is where I fell. I'm not complaining. It's just dumbfounding. Dumb, I'm dumbfounded by the fact that I fell into it. Oh, my gosh.
0: So, okay, so when you're bidding... Um, so, say I just started a profile on like Upwork, and I'm bidding on a project. What is the decide like? Why do you think people have chosen you uh, over other people that have bid?
1: That's that's very inter- That's a very good question. Um, okay, well, this is something that I've told every single one of my friends, both younger and older, that says, "Oh, how do you propose, How do you send the job posting on Upwork or whatever?" The main strategy I say is read how the person uh, wrote the job post. Read how he, he or she, well, okay, read how they posted the work and see, you know, how formal it is, how informal it is, etc. and sort of get on their level. It has worked with me more times than it has not. But another, another you know, advice I would give is don't write them a novel. They really don't want to know every single aspect of your college life or how professional you are. Just say I do this and that. I saw your job posting, it looks very interesting. I want in. Here's my portfolio, here's my demo reel. I hope we can work together. Sometimes they ask yeah, sometimes they ask you extra questions. They'll be like, what's the thing about this that interests you the most? How long do you think you can get this done, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Also answer those shortly.
0: Gotcha. So they just so you're, you're like getting in the mindset of the poster who they just like want something quick. They don't want to read. They don't want to work to figure out who they want to work with. But I, I think it's interesting what you said about uh, getting on their level. So can you give me an example of of like something that is casual versus maybe not so casual and how you'd approach that?
1: Well, you immediately know, first of all, because you you can read their name if it's a company name, be as formal as it can as you can be, but if it's some dude, just you know, still be somewhat a somewhat more professional than them to show them that you know you know what you're talking about and whatnot. But don't go too high. For instance, the first job I had was with this guy that was outsourcing animation jobs to someone else, and you know at first it was very formal, but as soon as we started talking through skype i can see oh this guy is you know uh he first of all he was as young as me and he had so much more money but anyways <laughs> but anyways you know it became more casual with the second dude i did a music video for you know i can't remember how i posted it but as soon as we started chatting on upwork it was like oh this dude is cool i can lower my my snootiness down quite yeah. a lot. Oh my gosh. And then, so, there are, and then there are like clients that are a bit more professional. And I'm not sure if they expect that same level of professionalism from you, but it's good that you keep it. Gotcha.
0: So what is what would you say your success rate for getting a project is?
1: The first two years was a lot higher than it is right now. I'll say that much. So like
0: um, one out of every 10 bids or like,
1: for example? I would say one out of every 15 Okay. Like, like, you really don't need all the projects in the world, but, okay. They taught me this at a conference back in college that I still remember. For a studio, for an animation studio to thrive, you need to have at least three projects going on at the same time. And it's, I would say the same thing about a freelancer. You need to, if you want to survive with freelance, you need to have 2 to 3 projects going at the same times at various levels of progression like i'm just done editing this this music video while at the same time i'm doing post production on this one and while at the same time i'm negotiating with this client to start a new one etc cetera, etc cetera. so okay. that would be on the top on the top of advice i would give for freelancing
0: so, okay so you so, if you have like three projects going on at any time, what does your hourly work load look like? Are you working forty hours a week?
1: <sighs> forty hours a week would mean how many hours per day? Six or eight? Eight. Seven. Eight and a half. No, 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 no! It's a lot more than that. <laughs> oh no! Twelve? <12? laughs> sometimes, sometimes a whole day. You know, depends on. Okay. Some people will say I'm being a workaholic. Some people say I'm an idiot because, you know, I'm overworking myself. But it boils down to I'm in the zone. Like,
0: yeah,
1: I'm I'm going. So this thing, this project is going so well right now. I don't want to stop. And sure, I may spend a sleepless night, but I'll recover that sleep anyways.
0: So uh, that. That sounds like it can be a blessing and a curse to me would you say
1: you're living out your your dream that you were following since you were a kid? I was doing it in the first two years the third year was a little bit muddy and this fourth year has been a little bit more bad than good per se so, so what so the first two years
0: were great but what changed what changed after those two years?
1: I really don't know um, I think it was I got I, I talked about this with my therapist actually that I had at the time i think i got too comfortable like the first two years went so well i I even managed to buy christmas presents for my family you know small little details nothing too lavish Uh, the that small flicks but whatever um what was i saying oh yeah but i like i said i think i got too comfortable i was like i'm in the zone i'm climbing up baby there's no way to stop me and because of that complacency is that the word when you're too
0: compliant
1: and because of the complacency i think i started to lower my guard in in terms of okay i gotta focus i gotta get this done etc and as soon as i noticed that you know i started to i've been trying to get back to that same zone
0: so so when you say the zone you mean just like work that you enjoy or a lot of projects that are paying well or what is what is missing right now
1: well, you know, at the moment, I think what I'm missing is a second project. For instance, right now I have this work with the guy from Panama. His name is actually Guy, um, and he pays me. He pays me what he can. He pays me well, but how can I say this? He pays. I need a second project gotcha. so that I can so that I can, you know, both pay bills and enjoy life every once in a while.
0: Right. <laughs> So, so uh,
1: one of my questions was going to be like, what is the most challenging part of,
0: of being a freelancer in, in Mexico versus like, because I've talked to a couple other freelancers from around the world and everybody has a different uh, like take on it. But for you, it, it, would I be wrong if, it, if I said that you just need more projects right now? Like that's the most challenging part.
1: At the moment, that's my biggest challenge. Like right now I have two people on Instagram that are like, oh, I like your work. Can you do a music video like you do for that? music band you're currently working for and some guy in Upwork right now well he messaged all 13 that applied but he was, he was like uh here's a song here's a script what do you think of it etc i already sent my reply so let's hope he chooses me but at the end of the day i think that what i i need is another project like the band that i'm working with right now that is constant
0: right yeah yeah
1: i have it's another client from sorry quickly i'll do i'll say this quickly i have another client from the from london that he's like he gets me work every once in a while but it but the spaces in between the work are too long and they're and they're small projects so they're really not that uh how can i say economically stable for say the least like i can buy a steam game from that with that pay but i need something more constant so if I can have another client like this guy from Panama and every once in a while get this other client from London, give me like small little jobs, I would be back on track. Gotcha.
0: And and I guess if you've never gotten any jobs outside of these freelancing sites, like you're just going harder at these freelancing sites, I guess, to try to find those people?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, lately, I've been applying to a lot more uh, studio jobs. Uh, sadly, none of them have been that bite bit, but I haven't been chosen yet. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. And when you
0: when you say that they're in Mexico or they're in Vancouver or they're DHX or what's not or whatnot?
1: I, I apply to as many as I can. I think I recently applied to a a center of something in the United States. I don't know. I've been I've been sending job applications like the plague. <laughs> Well, that's that's not necessarily a, a bad thing. I mean, uh, it's bad when every single
0: one of them rejects you. Well, I remember <laughs> I remember coming out of school for my business degree, and it took 150 job applications to land my first marketing role, and that was uh, Damn. that was quite uh, the experience. But I learned a lot from about perseverance and and stuff from that. So, okay, let's let's uh, get back to the freelancing thing a little bit because I'm still kind of curious about. Um, the whole gig that you run. So, like, can you go through kind of your freelancing toolkit? So you mentioned before that you do limited animation is one thing for music videos. Like, what is your, what is the entire package that you offer, I guess?
1: Well, okay, that's kind of a loaded question because, you know, I said that I do music videos mostly, but every once in a while you get, like, a different uh, type of work. Yeah. Okay. Okay. When it comes to charging a project, when it's just you, you have to take three things into consideration how long the animation is going to be, what art style and animation are they looking for, and uh, every time I do list, I forget one element. <laughs> how long art style and the due date? When are you going to deliver it? Based on those three factors, you will be able, you know. Take into consideration. Okay, how long this is gonna take? How many hours a day am I gonna spend on this? Can I pull this artwork off as quickly as I could any other? Mm-hmm. Based on, for instance, let's say, oh, I want a music video that lasts. I want a music video for a song that lasts two minutes and thirty seconds, but I only need one minute of animation, and I need it delivered by one by the month, and it's gonna be hand drawn in tweens at the same time, and you're like okay okay one month if i only work on this okay that's another thing you have to consider how much time can i can i devote is that the word yeah yeah. how much time can i devote to this project so if a client wants to exclusively work if a client wants that you exclusively work for them you're gonna have to be like okay but you're gonna have to pay me accordingly for how much i need to spend in a month. If that client is like, oh, yeah, you can work on other stuff, but we need it by the end of the month, that's also a factor that you need to take into consideration. So let's say they exclusively want to work with you. They want you to exclusively work with them. And you're like, okay, well, my monthly, well, my monthly fees are always two thousand dollars U.S. U.S. dollars. That's that's how much I spend a month. So if you can cover that, let's go. And. A lot of people would say stick stick with that price, you know, respect your own price. But every once in a while, you gotta sort of bend the knee. You gotta be like, okay, well, yeah, okay, if you can two thousand, can we do eighteen hundred? But don't negotiate too much because they will think you're kind of a pushover.
0: Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. And and what kind of programs do you need to execute? You mentioned. Uh, you use adobe animator and you have do you have other programs that you use just the adobe suite
1: all right so right now on my toolbar i have adobe illustrator animate after effects character animator premiere pro photoshop and adobe media encoder
0: so adobe, just the entire media the adobe media suite <laughs> half of it easily half of it right but you, you know, so you don't you don't use any external programs then you just do everything in you just pay the I guess the monthly Adobe fee and that's it you don't have Toon Boom you don't have Maya you don't have these other programs.
1: Well Maya has a no 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 you're right uh, I have a Cinema 4D uh, lent it from a friend uh, and I have Blender that one is free thank goodness and they just added a whole lot of features including now you can animate in 2d with blender which is kind of interesting i wish i had the time to learn more about it because you know it's free and whatnot so and i said i don't do 3d but if i were to get back on 3d i'd like to create characters and animate them i will pay some other poor soul that learn how to rig the bodies but (laughs) the other two people like that (laughs) i i know i i know they they like it and i And I pray for their souls because I really don't get, (laughs) I don't get, I don't get how, how, okay. It's going to sound mean anyway. I say it. The point is, it's not for me rigging. Gotcha. So, uh,
0: on top of the programs, do you have any other like hacks or things that you do to complete projects?
1: Well, this is another thing. Uh, I am like one of the few anomalies on this planet that has been able to survive four years doing freelancing and nothing else. There is like, you always walking a fine line meaning, uh, shit. What was I going to say? Ah, my, my mind runs like 30 miles a second. (laughs) Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, people will say, oh, you work eight hours uh, and you're down for the day. But since I work from home, there's nothing really stopping me from working as much as I want. But I take breaks between hours. For instance, I will work one to two hours, you know, nonstop. And then I'll be like, "Okay, I'll take an hour. I'll maybe read something, draw for myself, play some Overwatch, etc. That one hour break and I'm back to work. Et cetera, et cetera. You, you have to take breaks every once in a while. Otherwise, you're going to run yourself insane.
0: Do you, do you get exercise and stuff like that, too? Because it sounds like you're just in your house the whole day.
1: <laughs> I used to, uh, but then I got a couple of couches and I ran out of space to do yoga. Um, but I'm going to get back to that. I don't know where I'm going to find the space, but I have to get back on that because my back has been killing me these days. Gosh. Wow. That and... Uh, That and I have a dog, so she needs to go out, and that's my morning routine. Fair enough.
0: Okay, so so we run down like your whole like freelancing gig, you know, how many projects you get a year, your toolkit, etc. I was gonna ask like what's what's next for you, but it sounds like you're trying to get into the studio the studio world because you're.
1: Done with freelancing or it's just you need a change of
0: scenery or?
1: I need a change of scenery, I would say. Um, I think I'm never going to be done with freelancing unless, you know, I get my own show produced or accepted. (laughs) But yeah, man, uh, for the longest time, I've been sort of a lone wolf in the terms that I really enjoy being alone, you know, having my own privacy and whatnot. But it takes a toll four years into this and it took a toll and i'm like okay i need a change of face this is beginning to stop working sorry about the oxymoron but you know it i need a change i need to start working with people again if i'm living alone at the very least i have to i have to work with people so that i remember how to behave like a functioning member of society <laughs>
0: Well, that's that's a good thing to remember. Um, so, I guess I'm just wondering for like people who are in Mexico, maybe, or uh, I don't know, somewhere else where animation's not the biggest industry like it is in the states. Um, what would be your advice into getting into freelancing like you've you've done?
1: Well, I've sprinkled the advices over this whole conversation, but yeah, yeah. Overall, you know. Have strong will and character, because this will take a toll on your self-esteem and determination. Be ready to be rejected, because it's going to happen. There's no sugarcoating it. Have very good work. Like Employers will prefer you have 30 seconds of great animation instead of two minutes of full-off animation, and only 30 seconds of that is good. They will always want you to showcase the best work you can. That's why they always say keep your demo reel under a minute. If you don't have a minute of good footage, then use only the good footage that you have because you're going to bore the fuck out of anyone who's trying to hire you. Yeah. Yeah, and what else could I say? Okay, learn from my mistakes and try to not go immediately into freelancing. Like, try to get like my dad used my dad said as soon as i graduated you should go and get a studio job you know and get some experience and whatnot and then you can do it on your own but four years later he's like you know what i kind of was wrong you have amassed so much knowledge in these past four years that i think you're ready for the next step and he he, right now he believes in me a lot more than i believe in myself but Well, that's that's great. But
0: wait a minute. You just said don't do what you did and go into freelance right out of right out of school.
1: Well, kind of, you know, because two years ago, I would say, oh, yeah, try it on. It's a very cool alternative. But okay, maybe, maybe. And it's a little bit cynical, but I would say, you know, learn from a couple of hiccups I've made and don't make it your only income. Maybe start you know with a stable job that pays well and as soon as you get enough clients be like okay i'm out i can sustain myself from this etc and this is the most i think this is the most important don't ever get too comfortable with your situation because you know you will get complacent you'll be like "Eh, i'm set for life every freelancing is very dangerous in the sense that one client that you had for two years all of a sudden he's like sorry i ran out of money or and eh, we don't need your services anymore, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Don't get don't get too confident in your situation because you don't know when you're gonna need a new client or a new project, et cetera. So you,
0: you also said you're a lone wolf and the freelancing thing down there is is do you know of many other animators who do the full time freelancing?
1: Not by no, no not really. Um like I said, all of my friends from college either work in a studio or created their own studios or even went on to study some more, hmm. and I just stood there in my apartment drawing for other people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fine. I mean, you've done a you've done
0: a crazy amount of work since sending all these music videos, and that's awesome. Um, is there anything that you wanted to share now that we're kind of uh, wrapping up the chat?
1: Mm, you know about my career and whatnot. Sure, or what,
0: or just in general, is there anything that we didn't hit on that you wanted to talk about?
1: Oh, yeah, I want to say I want to bookend it by saying there's gonna be big failures. It doesn't matter how good your work ethic is, you're gonna piss off clients. I th- I've had three okay, two bad experiences with a couple of clients, and one where it was completely my fault because you know I was going through something and I didn't get the due date in time and she was like thank you for your time here's the money for the work that you did but we're gonna go with another plan and I was like sorry it didn't work out I'm like blah 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 like I did okay not blah 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 I was like legitimately uh, upset with myself because god damn it this was a very interesting project I really wanted to make it but I was two days late with the delivery date and they were very they were very efficient. They were like, we wanted exactly this day, no ifs, ands, or buts, mm. and that didn't work out. There was why oops. why did you why were you two days late? Um, I don't know because that that was the third between the third and fourth year I've been doing this. I I was kind of losing my confidence. I was losing my grip, not grip. Mm-hmm. That mojo I used to have and I was like, ah, I can do this quicker. I'll do it at some other time. And I kept postponing it to the point where, oh, fuck, I got to get this done right now. And when I got it done, it was two days too late for them. Gosh. That, yeah, that and honestly, 90% of the clients I've had, they're like very chill when it comes to delivery dates. They're like, I give them a date and I give them a date and I'm like, cool. But then, you know, X or Y happens because, you know, in animation, anything can happen. Like uh, you start, you sit there animating for 10 hours, but it doesn't look right. So you have to start all over or, it looks, or it looks perfect, but then the program crashes and you lose everything. So, you know, shit happens to say the least. Sometimes it's out of your control, but yeah. You know, everyone's. What was the question again?
0: <laughs> it was you were talking about the two biggest failures you you went through in your, your freelancing career.
1: One of them was they wanted me to create a a children's TV show for uh, in the style of Peppa Pig, and it ended up being a lot more work than I expected it. Than I expected, the pay really wasn't great at all, and I I just kept postponing it. The guy got really mad. I delivered what I could and then we went our separate ways. And another guy was from, another guy he wanted me to do a Christmas graphic with Santa Claus and some reindeer going through the sky and they wanted the logo of the company on the slit. And this is one where I'll say it was 100% his fault because, no seriously, no seriously, because every once in a while you get a client, You get a client say, oh, do whatever you want, you know, free range, which for an artist is great. And so I did free range. I did the art style, etc. I send it to him. He was like, oh yeah, that looks great. And then I animated and send it to him. I didn't hear. I don't hear from him for two days. And I was like, okay, what's going on? I sent him an email and he was like, oh, sorry, but that's not what we were looking for. We were hoping you were going to do this. And we got another animator to do this. So, yeah. So I was like, So let me get this straight. You told me to do whatever I wanted. I worked on this. You didn't like it. You got another person to do it. And now I'm not even going to get paid. That That is the only time I actually swore to another client. And I haven't done it since because I was legitimately angry that he made me waste my time. It was on the first two years of me doing this where everything was going great. And that was the first blunder I ever had.
0: So do you usually ask for, I, you didn't get paid at all, which super sucks. Do you ask for some pay up front then?
1: That that experience made me realize, okay, whatever the job is, I got to ask for half of it first. And yeah. then once I'm done, you know, they pay me the rest. Oh, that. oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Thank you for whoa. bringing that up. Yeah. <laughs> Another, yeah, because there will be some clients that are legit pieces of shit that they will pay you the first half, but as soon as you give them the project, they're like, deuces, I'm out. They won't give you the second half, so what, so to minimize that, what you should do is send them the project, but put a big fucking watermark all over the project. Like if if it's an animation, put like the ugliest, tackiest watermark you can imagine. And they're like, and and you'll be like, I'll remove this as soon as you pay me the rest.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, that makes sense. But if, so from my understanding, if you're using Upwork, they have uh, like, oh yeah,
1: yeah. They, they have like
0: guarantees in place and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Upwork is great. Oh, if you're going to use Upwork, remember, always remember this be sure. Okay, so Upwork, the way it works is you put in milestones. For, mm. in, for instance, for the music video I'm applying to right now, you would say, oh, well, you know, first you give me a uh, uh, how do you say it when they give you money prior to you working? What's over in English? Down payment. Okay, yeah. First, you give 90%. me a down payment. Let's say the whole price is $2,000. Right? You're alright like, okay, give me a down payment of 500 USD. That's one milestone. Then, let's say storyboard is another $500. Uh, the animatic is another 500 And then the rest is the final animation you got to make sure that each one of those milestones is already funded before you start working. Because if you deliver the project and you ask for the milestone, but the client doesn't respond, you can wait 30 days and then the milestone will immediately release to you. Because you deliver the work, the client didn't respond, so you should get paid. Actually, that th- this wasn't a bad experience, but it was a frustrating one. I was working with uh, a lady and her company. I forget the name of both. And yet again, they wanted a video, a comedy video that involved Trump, Kim Jong Un, and Vladimir Putin. <sighs> and they were like, "Oh, we need this comedy animation done in one week." So I bring in a friend because even me, with my workaholic tendencies, I wasn't be able, I wasn't going to be able to do all of that in one week. And they were like, we will pay both of you uh, fifteen hundred dollars for one week of work, which, you know, for a Mexican, that's fucking amazing, seven hundred and fifty dollars each. And we deli- we completed. I think we even did it a day prior to the due date, and she ghosts us, like she completely banished from the face of from the face of that website. And I kept sending messages, like. What's going on, did you like the video, this and that? It got so bad that I actually had to Google her name. I found her LinkedIn account, her Facebook account, every single thing I could find. In any other context, this would be stalking to the point where it would warrant a restraining order, but I needed my money. And finally, after pestering her on LinkedIn and Facebook, they finally released the money on Upwork. And they sent, yeah, and they sent a message. Sorry about this uh, administration in this company changed. And the person that was in charge of, uh, you know, handling social media and whatnot was they never updated the other person. And that's why your payment never came through. Oh, so well, good thing you followed up. Jeez. God, it was. It I guess that's <laughs> the risk of always working with
0: new people, right?
1: It was maddening in that so, time.
0: So I was just curious. I went on Upwork. Uh, just now and typed in animator and there are almost 14,000 people who say they're animators. How how do you, like if you're bidding on a job, I'm assuming maybe like there are a hundred other people. How do you find, like what do you type in to narrow down things that you know you'll be good at? Do you just type in music video animation?
1: (laughs) In a way, yeah. If you want to go as simple as possible, yes. But You gotta, you gotta remember. When it comes to animation, it's better if you specialize in one area than if you're a jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah. So every once in a while, there's because you know, Upwork is like a mixture of fiber and freelancer. Because every once in a while, there's a five dollar project, or there's the where you know, okay, like a couple of people are gonna bid on this. You know, like five, maybe ten. So eh, I'll send a bid and see what happens. But then there are jobs that are like they're like, we'll pay you $10,000 if you can do this one minute of animation and everyone flocks to those like it doesn't matter if you're good at, let's say it's an explainer video, it doesn't matter if you've done explainer videos or not, everyone will jump to that like they will immediately want a piece of that pie. Yeah, so. Yeah, very rarely do I see a job posting that has over fifty submissions. Like right now, the one I posted recently, I think there was like thirteen, myself included.
0: Okay, that's not bad at all. Thirteen people.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you You're, can you, you see? Also gotta if, remember, you also got to you also got to take this into consideration. There's probably a lot of dead accounts. Yeah, that's fair. Both people that are looking to hire and people that are looking for work. Yeah, fair enough
0: i was just wondering if you do anything specifically to kind of stand out amongst the crowd, you know?
1: Well, you just got to put forward your best work and hope that that's what people are looking for. There's not really that much of a science when it comes to standing out. Like, right. do what you do and see if it works. And if the right person likes it, you'll be set for a while. Right, right, right. Makes sense. Well...
0: Is there anything else you would uh, like to share? And now we went through all those <laughs> doubting experiences.
1: Oh my God, I got kind of deep there. A second. It's, it's all <laughs> right. It's
0: it's realities <laughs> of, of what you're doing, right? So that's fine. Yeah,
1: yeah. You gotta. It comes with the territory. Any territory, yeah. I would say. But no, I think I covered as much as I wanted to. Nice. Well, uh, it's
0: it's been really interesting to hear all about uh, you know how you freelance and also um just fulfilling my own curious curiosity of what it's like in mexico the the industry there because i've never spoken to anybody or heard about it really so that's that's cool um thanks (laughs) no problem yeah so thanks thanks alan for coming on the podcast it's been a real pleasure to have you and um yeah so if you're listening and you'd like to get in touch with alan and follow his work or reach out to him you can do so by checking out his instagram his art station or by emailing him And those are all variants of Alan the Mexican, and I'll include all those (laughs) links uh, in the description of this podcast. So thank you so much for listening, and that's all for now. Okay, bye.